Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. I just realized I think today's the day I have to make my Super Bowl pick. I mean, you don't have to. Done it yet. You could just not. You could just pick a tie or just. I'd like to kind of just abstain from the voting on this. Yeah. Like maybe some people should have last night with their embarrassment. I, I like uh, one thing that uh, Mike Shope likes to say in these situations. I know a lot is when he gets asked who's going to win. Just I don't know. How am I supposed to know? If I if I that's knew, actually, I would then, bet. That's, isn't that? Isn't that Paul Hamilton's uh, it's, it's opening? Pa- Paul, it's, People yeah. ask me if the Sabres going to win. I have no clue. Right. Paul has made it a uh, a specialty of his for, for a long time, which, you know, I probably will bet the Niners for Sunday because mm-hmm. everyone seems confused about the spread and why they're favored in the first place. And generally mm-hmm. when most people are confused about the spread, I would like to side with the sports book on that, which would be betting the Niners, I think, in this case. Yeah, it's interesting. Why are they favored? Like, what is the reasoning given here? Why are they favored? I, I, if you would have told me, I had no idea, and you said who's favored, I would have said, oh, probably Chiefs by three or four. I, I think they're favored because they've, haven't they been the better team all season? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's right. I, I think that's why they're favored. Right. I think uh, I heard um, who, who like two seconds ago was it Twitter or was it even Jeremy? Someone just told me that uh, second half offense. This year, the Niners are number one in the league, and the Chiefs are 29th. Just like there's these little things along the way that build up evidence that this isn't the same Chiefs team. The Niners have been pretty dominant all year, except for like two or three games. Um, but that last night's awards are maybe an example of this. It's a lot of recency bias. It's a lot of what have you done for me lately, mm-hmm. and that matters too. And the recency bias is the Chiefs just went into Buffalo and Baltimore and won, and I think everyone's pretty much in agreement that we all thought the Niners should have lost to Green Bay. Probably right. What is the reason Josh Allen was left off of like 50% of the uh, votes? Doesn't it, doesn't it have to be turnovers? I don't know what else it's it is. Gotta is, be, is it it's just gotta turnovers? Be. And you know what? Yeah, it, it's that, and it's also, I think, still, we still have this seven years later. Of the, I'm just like, I've never liked the guy. He's came, I, I think it's, there's 
a lot of people who've been voting for a long time, who probably had opinions on him, who don't want to change their opinion. And anytime he fails in any regard, it's a chance for them to kind of puff their chest out and do that. And I, but I agree with you, Joe. Like, and I did a breakdown here. I actually did the stats this morning. All right. I see if I have this. Yep. I got it with me. Mm-hmm. I added up total touchdowns for the four guys in the top five of the MVP voting because it was Jackson. Dak Prescott, and then you had McCaffrey, and then two more quarterbacks, Purdy and Allen. And I added up the total touchdowns, passing, rushing, and then I added up the total turnovers, interceptions plus fumbles lost. And yes, I think that this is what it has to come down to for the statistics-based arguments that anybody wants to make. Yeah, He just has more turnovers, so I'm not going to vote. He has too many turnovers. I can't vote for him. The dude is the only one, like, he has 44 touchdowns. He had 44. And by the way, voting is done before the playoffs, so everybody knows. Regular yep. regular season is all that counts. In case anybody didn't know that, the playoffs do not count. They make they vote before the playoffs even start. So you don't, can't count that. Lamar Jackson had 29 total touchdowns. Josh Allen had 15 more in 17 games. And I'm not, I am not here to tell you Lamar Jackson did not deserve MVP. I think he did. It's fine. I would have had no problem with Josh. I had zero problem with Lamar. I've said that. But the guy who won it, Josh Allen had 15 more touchdowns total than him and nine more turnovers. And he I, I don't know. I don't know where to go there. And he shouldn't have had 49 out of 50 first place votes. Right? There, this was a year where it was debatable. You could have made a case for... You just made it for Allen, and I think that's solid. You could have made it for Jackson. I think you could have made a case for Prescott, Purdy, or Christian McCaffrey to be the MVP. How come the voting didn't represent that? Why Why? why is right. it so in tune that everybody is going, nope, it's Lamar? Because they did they all know it was going to be Lamar and they just didn't want to step out of line? And it, what? why is that? Is it, Are the betting odds contributing to that? Jeremy makes this point a lot about how the MVP has somehow become like a rolling standings because every week sports mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. radio and TV is the, what's the MVP race look like? Well, you have these odds. It almost feels like standings. And I wonder if voters look at that and think about that as the year goes on. And then by the time you get to the end of the year, it feels like, well, Jackson's on top. So he's the winner. That's it. I don't have to think about this anymore. Like he's just going to win it. So I'm not going to make you know a name for myself and being the one guy that doesn't vote for him. He won it. He basically already won it. But I don't. I don't like that or appreciate that if that's the way that it's gone about. Because again, I would want to ignore all that. I would want to sit down. I would want to critically think about you know what these players have done, the statistics. Watch what I've seen from them as the season's gone on. If if you're someone that likes to contribute, you know what they did in a primetime game more than others, or the, just the record in general, wins and losses, whatever. But I don't think it, there was any way it should have been that obvious or that one sided. That no, Lamar Jackson, forty nine out of fifty votes. It's not like he threw for he not he didn't have one of these historic 50 touchdown or thousand yard rushing seasons that deserved, I think that much of a victory. Again, I don't mind that Lamar won it. Not saying you do. I know I get it. Yeah. It should, it should probably have been that much of a landslide. I have far more of an issue with Josh Allen being fifth than not being first. Stunning to me. Stunning. I, I no way. I thought that I thought he'd be like third, maybe right. Like, ah, maybe Dak or, Brock Purdy, I guess McCaffrey. I thought McCaffrey and Purdy would kind of split some votes, so maybe Dak would be second, Allen be third, but Allen would probably be second. 
I want to give a, a lot of credit here to Aaron Schatz mm-hmm. for, for two reasons basically baked into one. As you know, Joe, Aaron Schatz was the only voter out of 50 mm-hmm. who voted for Josh Allen number one, right? He was the only person to yep. put him atop his ballot. Yep. This is the same Aaron Schatz, and the reason I'm giving him credit, this is the same Aaron Schatz who his publication wrote Josh Allen is a parody of an NFL quarterback prospect when he came out of college. And yet here he is voting for him for MVP. I respect that a lot. Yeah. Um, was that, for, just want to make sure, was it Football Outsiders that said that back in the day, or was it PFF that he was a parody of a prospect? You might be football right. Football Outsiders. It was Football Outsiders? Okay, thank you. I just wanted to make sure. Because um, I had that in my head that it was PFF, so I'm glad I know that now, not to make that mistake. Um and you're right, I just looked it up. It is. It was them. He also, I know he wasn't the individual that said that, parody of a prospect, but he. I remember right, having him. It was him, his publication, though. It was his publication, but also I remember having um, Aaron Schatz on with Chopin the Bulldog or the Morning Guys, you know, in the first couple years of Allen's career, and he was very much, you know, mm-hmm. he might not have said parody of a prospect, but um, he sounded like he agreed with it. He He was very... Much thinking, this guy's not going to be good at all. No way. You can't teach accuracy like that. And he definitely, in the last three, four years, like he, he calls it like he sees it when, when things have been proven or proven wrong. Like, oh no, the Bills are amazing and he's incredible. He's a superstar. I, I don't, just because of what I thought of him in 2018 doesn't mean he's not great. Um, and he looks at things very statistically. And I want to. Give him, you know, a lot of, um, not a lot of credit too in the way he goes about analyzing these things. I would want to trust that. I feel like an Aaron Schatz, you know, I don't know how many guys like that that are, you know, analytically inclined or are looking at a lot of the data stuff are of the 50 voters. It's not most of them, right? Like I, I saw the list, like Teddy Bruschi and Tom Brady. Now, apparently, by the way, is voting for this for these. Um, you have a lot of former players in the media. You have a lot of writers that have been going at it this for a very long time. You know, shots is a little bit different in that way. And I don't want to say that means that his opinion means more. It's just I maybe that's a an example of we should get some different types of voters mm-hmm. in here. Not everybody should just be former player or a guy that's been covering the league writing about it for 40 years. You know, like, and I'm not saying that's the entire thing anyway, because Mina Kimes was one that was in there, and she's only had a vote, I know, for a couple of years. But I don't know. I, I like a lot of the data stuff, a lot of the number stuff, and I don't really think I'm that surprised that not only did Shots have Allen number one, Sal, but he had Lamar Jackson number three. He didn't even have him second. Yeah. You say about... A couple things here. Interesting that you bring up, like, the different voters. It is the AP vote, but it's not all AP voters. No, right. Yeah. Right? Aaron Schatz isn't in the AP, I believe. Right. Nope. Um, Mina Kimes isn't. She works nope. for ESPN. Brady. So it Brady is interesting. It's, right. Fox. Right. So. <laughs> right. Wait. So Brady has a I didn't realize this. Brady has a vote? Brady has a vote. Because he yeah, officially that, he works for Fox now. So he is. Yeah. Like. Yeah, that's I, I right. have I had the whole list in front of me, and actually, oh. I didn't realize this, but of the list I'm looking at, and Josh, um, oh, I always forget, is Josh Dubow right from the AP? Um, he put the list down of all the voters, and there's not one person that's just like d- directly works for the AP. 
Like it's all there's PFF, mm-hmm. Sam Monson's on this list, Sirius XM, uh, Fox Sports has a bunch, including Brady, Dan Orlovsky. There's a bunch of ESPN people in here. Like there's there, nobody. Can I ask a question? Is yeah. there somebody tied to Buffalo? Is because John Warrow's the AP person here. Yeah, who covers I, the Bills. And then, but I was told maybe Vic might have had a vote. I'm not sure, and I don't know this. I should have asked these guys. Like, is there anybody who kind of Vic, is on the Bills beat? Uh, Vic Carucci. Vic is on it. Okay. Yes. Vic is the the person who you know votes to represent this this team this yes. area. I guess. You yes. know what I mean. Yep. Interesting. There are. Do you know how many voters there are total? You see it right there. Right? I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fifty. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fifty. Did you see my tweet today about how it's different in the NBA and NHL and Major League Baseball? You don't have to look right now. I want to ask you. I missed it. No. Okay, all right. Something I found very interesting, Joe. And by the way, that's Joe. I'm Sal. This is the Extra Point Show, and we're going to have Doran Dickerson at the bottom of the hour. We're fired up today, so we just got right into it. Doran Dickerson, uh, former Bills player, works out in Pittsburgh, the fan in Pittsburgh, hosts the morning show there. We're going to talk with him about you know everything football going on right now, the Steelers obviously hiring and bringing in Arthur Smith, but also the voting last night. T.J. Watt does not win. You know, defensive player of the year. So Doran's going to join us at the bottom of the hour here today from our Odyssey sister station in Pittsburgh. So, Joe, I found it interesting that the NFL has, like the NHL and NBA, they all do, all three sports, go five deep for your voting. You vote for five people in the MVP, okay? But the NFL is the only one that uses their point system. The NHL and NBA use a different point system. The NFL point system is 10 for a first-place vote, then five, three, two, one. I mean, it's a massive difference. It's a double up difference between first and second. Ten, then five, three, two, one. NBA and NHL, ten, seven, five, three, one. Pretty interesting, right? Yeah. That's now that's different. I actually did the calculations and will tell you yeah. it would not have changed anything about last night's vote for the top five. I was just gonna ask that. Okay. I I have it here. The only thing that would have changed was I think McCaffrey was maybe a point or two closer to Dak. Mm-hmm. Allen actually would have fallen back even a little bit further than he did from Brock, I believe, because what's crazy is how many people left Allen off the ballot. I just think that's just absurd. That's what fires me up today. Like, what what are we doing? Come on. And leaving him off the ballot completely. Like, what? There's got to be an agenda there. They're, they're also, I would really want to know, and we don't have to move away from MVP entirely here, but... I want to tie this in to comeback player of the year a little bit. Yeah. In that, mm-hmm. so there were, there were 13 people, voters of the 50, that voted Joe Flacco as the first place comeback player of the year winner out of 50, 13. And only one, Aaron Schatz, voted for Allen as the MVP. Okay, so you can even take Aaron out whether or not you want to do that. 12 or 13. There were 12 or 13 voters that said Joe Flacco is the comeback player of the year, but Josh Allen is not the MVP, leading the league in touchdowns, leading the league in all this other stuff. Allen, and again, I would want to ask them, did you leave Allen, did you not put Allen number one, or did you lower him because of turnovers? Because that's my guess at what a lot of people did. Why are we holding that against Allen? We're not holding that against Joe Flacco. Because Flacco just won comeback player of the year. It was a great story. It was a, I, I, I'm outraged almost that it was him over Hamlin, but whatever. Flacco won. He had a great story, great couple games. The Browns were really good when he was the quarterback for five games. Uh, He threw eight interceptions in five games. That's a 27 interception pace over the course of an entire season. My, My question to the 12 or 13 that did that with Flacco and not with Allen would be, 
how come you thought that you ignored the turnovers with Flacco, but not with Josh Allen? Because I think if you yeah, ignore the right. turnovers, you you your only avenue is Allen is the MVP. I think. 100%. I mean, listen, you can't ignore turnovers though, right? I don't I don't this is the this is the not argument entirely, I had right. with Meyer Metcalf on ESPN a few weeks ago. You can't ignore them. But I think what's happened here is you make a great point, Joe, of the whole point about turnovers. You they have to be put in context and we're living in more a lot of a dinosaur world here where what I, what I mean by that is there are people who look at quarterback play in that prism too much now. The game has changed so much. And as I tried to explain to them on ESPN Radio a few weeks ago, the interview I've referenced when I was on with them, they kept saying, you can't ignore turnovers. And I'm like, I'm not ignoring turnovers or interceptions. They kept saying, you can't ignore interceptions. And then this was Myron Metcalf and, and um, Matt Miller. And I said, um, Matt, Matt Jones, excuse me. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm not ignoring them. But you have to be put them into context and nuance versus what they used to mean or do be, compared to what these guys can do outside of that. You have to you live with them because... All of the great things they do that add up to the team's successes far and outweigh what the interceptions have meant against their team. Now, that doesn't have to be the case for everyone. Some guys throw a lot of interceptions and it just kills their team, right? I mean, Zach Wilson, I, what's his interception, right? Okay, we maybe mm-hmm. throw his interception. I don't know the exact one, but yeah, okay. He, he turns the ball over too much, doesn't do enough. You can't say that about Josh Allen. Yes, he has a higher interception rate than you'd like, a higher turnover rate than you'd like. But you have to understand the context of what he's doing outside of that. It is not ignoring them. It is putting it in its proper context and place, and I think we lose a lot of that in these things. I also wonder, and this is not something that I would care about and also hasn't been true of him in the past, but I wonder if any element of this, too, with the voters was every time Allen was out in front of everybody in like a primetime game. Mm. It wasn't really his best game. Like in terms Which of Which is a departure from the previous few oh, years. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he had been incredible right before that. And even like he wasn't horrible this year if you look at the totality of it. But let's look at the games where everybody is watching. We know everybody is watching. You started with the Jet game. And that's a pretty bad first impression uh for an MVP case. Three interceptions right off the bat. Then you had the Jaguar-London game. He put up numbers, but it wasn't a great game for the Bills in general, so you're not thinking highly of him then. Then you had the Giant game, where they only scored 14 points, and that wasn't his best game by any means. Uh, Tampa. Tampa would be the one that he did really well, right? Like, first half, they were unbelievable. He put up over 300 yards. Super good against Tampa. So that's one where he was really impressive. And then I keep going, and... Maybe I get to, the, it was a 4 o'clock window game. Dallas, you know, most people in the country had that game. Um, I guess maybe Kansas City even before that, same thing. Most people had that game, and it was a good game, but it wasn't like the best Josh Allen game you've ever seen. Um, and then you had to end up with Miami. Miami was great. So, like, I don't know. I feel like, I, I don't want to stretch this point too far, but uh, the Charger game I missed too. Charger game wasn't great, same thing, 15 completions. Of the whole year, they just set the record for the most primetime games a team's ever had. And I don't know, was he great in, like, two of them? And I wonder how much that, even if you don't think about it, subconsciously, is that affecting voters where every time it was the biggest spot for Allen this year, he wasn't, like, that dominant? There was one other issue I had with this voting. There was a tie for Coach of the Year in points. 
But Kevin Stefanski got it because the tiebreaker is first place votes, and he had one more. Right. Can't they give co-coach of the year? These guys tied. They tied. Like, that's the system. I know. There's a tie. Why does it have to be a tiebreaker? You can have co-coach of the year. It's not a championship. You're not sharing a Lombardi. Yeah. I didn't think of this one for... Uh, I, I, I could see it that way, though. Like, I don't have a problem with them. If there was going to be a tiebreaker, especially, it should definitely be first place. Because if this was the old system... Sure. Um, the old system, Stefanski would have won outright. But... Yeah, no, I I don't have a problem with that, especially the way points work. It's not like you're going to get ties all that often. It was like, uh, I'm looking now, 160 to 160. I mean, that's probably going to be pretty rare. I guess for how rare it is, yeah, yeah, I I would be fine just giving them both uh, coaches. Wasn't there they? They've had things like that before for co this co that. I don't know exactly. Uh, MVP was um, yeah, uh, Steve McNair and Peyton Manning. In 2003, and then Dan Dunleavy had it earlier. We we talked with him, and he mentioned it. Uh, Favre and Barry Sanders in 97 also. If you can give co-MVP, you can give co-coach of the year. So, I mean, I, I, yeah, sure, I think they were both deserving. I probably would have voted for Ryans over Stefanski, but I totally get Stefanski. They had four quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Four quarterbacks start multiple games this year, which is crazy. You, you, you've got a problem with that one, and maybe we'll get to it expanded more. I, by far... For me, Hamlin not winning comeback player yeah. of the year was the thing that drove me nuts. Mm-hmm. I just totally get that. Cannot believe, especially when there is a recent example that you can point to as an inconsistency here. Where what was the reasoning Demar Hamlin didn't win? I, I think if you're trying to play that game, it's he didn't make an impact on the field, which is fair, but. I don't think that should matter. It's not in the bylaws. All they talk about is perseverance. They don't say anything about what you do on the field. But okay, you don't want to give Hamlin comeback player of the year because he didn't make an impact on the field? Why the hell did you give Alex Smith comeback player of the year four years ago? And I don't have a problem with that either. I think Smith should have won it that year. I think Hamlin should have won it this year. Why Smith, though, and not Hamlin? Alex Smith almost lost his leg and a sack. And if you saw the pictures of him when he was recovering, even months after... It was it was grotesque. I mean, it was a huge cast with needles poking into his leg. Like it was really serious, and he fought his way back onto the field. He won comeback player of the year, different voting then, but he had forty nine out of fifty votes. Like it wasn't even close. It was a runaway. Forty nine out of fifty. That year, he had six touchdowns, eight interceptions, and a twenty eight quarterback rating. They gave him it because of the story. They gave him that because of what he overcame off the field. And DeMar Hamlin, his heart stopped on the field. He was in a coma for days. And again, we've already set the precedent that a guy can win this because of something unbelievable he overcame off the field while not making an on-the-field impact. I don't understand why why it's different. I don't understand why Flacco won it. I I really don't. Another another sport real quick. Do you see what Major League Baseball does? I put this out there, too. Two things. We'll talk about both these. The NHL is super interesting. They have far more voters than any other sport. Yeah. And Major League Baseball goes 10 deep in their MVP voting, which is really interesting. We'll get to all that a little bit later. But first, next up, Doran Dickerson. How mad are the people in Pittsburgh that T.J. Watt did not get the Defensive Player of the Year? And, oh, by the way, the guy who did was on their arch rival, the Cleveland Browns, with Miles Garrett. We'll talk uh, about him with that. Also, Arthur Smith gets hired out there in Pittsburgh. What's the future hold for them at the quarterback position? Will they be in the trade market, draft market? Uh, we'll talk with Doran Dickerson, former Buffalo Bill, now radio host in Pittsburgh, after this time out on WGR. 
Blitz coming. Allen steps up in the pocket, going to take off and run. Has the first down and more. To the 40, to the 35, 30. Breaks away. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Josh Allen. Yeah, give him a flex, Josh. You just schooled them with their back turn for a huge touchdown run of 47 yards. Well, maybe that's why Doran uh, has not picked up yet. We're trying to... <laughs> Get in touch with Doran Dickerson. We'll have him on the air here, though. I'm sure uh, something's going on with him over in Pittsburgh there, but he'll join us as soon as we can. But maybe he knew that we were going to have that open, and that was Josh Allen, and beating the and scoring against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoff game. We're going to get with Doran Dickerson in a little while. He's played for the Buffalo Bills. Now he's in Pittsburgh, radio host out there at the fan. We'll talk with him. It actually gives me a chance, Joe, before we get in touch with Doran, to go into what I was going to, what I started to before the break, which is mm-hmm. the NFL has 50 voters. The NBA has 100 voters. Major League Baseball has 30 voters. Do you know how many the NHL has? It's more than 100. 196. Holy cow, man. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 196. I don't know. That's. <laughs> I don't know if I love that. You get some weird things that happen there, too, which I guess should be even less surprising now. 196. All right, we're going to go out to the West Hurla hotline right now. Doran Dickerson joins us. Doran, of course, used to play for the Buffalo Bills. He had a nice little NFL career, and now he's transitioned into the media, and he works over at our sister station, uh, the fan over in Pittsburgh. Doran, it is Sal and Joe. Welcome to this program. Welcome back to Buffalo on the air. What's up, guys? How you guys doing? Doing pretty well today, so I just want to set this up. I want Joe to know. I don't know if Joe knows mm-hmm. what happened here, and I want all the fans to know what happened here, okay? Because I, I have to admit what to happened? something. <clears throat> well, it's it's good and it's bad, right? You, you'll laugh. I, I think you'll laugh. So I went on with you right before the um, Steelers-Bills game, and you had the most god-awful wing takes ever about Pittsburgh wings being as good as Buffalo. So I had to get into you about that, and I said, you know what? In response, a towel is just a towel. And boy, did I get it from you guys and Pittsburgh fans. And it was no disrespect to Myron Cope. I said, I didn't touch it. You guys let me know about the jinx of, of saying or doing something with the towel. And I said, look, I never touched it. I have to be honest, though, Doran. I was so fearful that if the Bills lost, I would have to move out of Buffalo because people would blame me. <laughs> I'm not kidding you when I say that. <laughs> oh, well, I, you know, whenever you did utter those words, I was like, uh-oh. I was like, okay, there's one thing talking about permani sandwiches and, and fries being on sandwich and coleslaw, but you talk about the towel. That is a huge jinx. And now I'm glad to hear that you're still in Buffalo, Sal. I'm proud okay. of you. You got through this. So I think that you could get through anything in life that you got through this in talking about the terrible towel. 
Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. How are you guys getting through TJ Watt not winning uh, Defensive Player of the Year and Miles Garrett from your arch rival Cleveland Browns taking the, taking it? Well, I mean, people are upset, and rightfully so. TJ Watt didn't even show up to the event last night. Uh, he played hooky because he knew that Miles Garrett was going to get the award. And, and look, at the end of the day, awards are awards. And TJ Watt, you know, he just wants to go out there and play football. But, you know, the stats and the, and the facts, you know, it, it just shows that TJ Watt had a better year than Miles Garrett. And whenever usually you have a better statistical year than a player, you probably should be regarded as a better player than that player. So, People are upset here, um, and rightfully so. That's nothing to take away from Miles Garrett, though. I will say that Miles Garrett is a phenomenal football player. Uh, you know, he moves around. He, he he's what six foot six, two hundred and ninety pounds. I mean, he's a freak of nature. So hard to block. But if you look at the paper, and you have the two names next to each other, T.J. Watt, in basically every statistical category, was better than Miles Garrett this year, and he that should warrant an award. And it didn't. And people are upset, rightfully so. But people are also happy that. Cam Hayward got the uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year award. So, you know, you, you lost out on one, but you gained uh, one at the same time. But people are definitely very upset here in Pittsburgh. that, uh, And I think it's more that they're upset that they, of who he lost to. And I, I think that that's yes. more what's irking people here mm-hmm. is that it's Miles Garrett from the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and before we get into the Steelers themselves, just want, uh, on the awards last night, we're upset. Fans are here. Not that Josh Allen didn't win MVP. A lot of people felt that. I was fine with Lamar. I think he was very deserving of it. Would have been fine with Josh. How do you get? How do you make Josh Allen the fifth in the voting, though, Dorn? I just think that's an embarrassment and ridiculous. Oh, it's so ridiculous. Josh Allen is a freak of nature. If there's one quarterback, honestly, if I could go back 10 years and play for and play with, it'd be Josh Allen. Uh, you know, I feel like go. his teammates love him. Uh, you know, just a big body. Is a guy, He's a gamer, too. Like, it's just ridiculous. He's fifth in voting. And you know, what he went through this year, how does that not be taken into effect of going through two offensive coordinators and having the year and figuring it out throughout the year to get your team into the playoffs? And then you obviously run into the buzzsaw of Patrick Mahomes. Like that, that's, that happens to almost everybody. But how can you not take into the effect or, or the fact that they went through a change in offense and philosophy and a different coach halfway through the year and figured it out? And that was all on Josh Allen's shoulders. I mean, Stephon Diggs was – basically, uh, you know, incoherent uh, with receiving yards and catches uh, throughout the latter half of the season. So Josh Allen really put the team on his shoulders. Uh, he is a fantastic football player. I love, love watching the play. Just to round out the awards, what did you make of DeMar Hamlin not winning comeback player of the year and going to Flacco? Uh, you know, I'm going to be biased a little bit on this because I'm a pit guy as well. But, I mean, the guy, I mean, we all witnessed what happened to him uh, during that football game against Cincinnati. And we witnessed him die on the field and we also witnessed him strap the helmet back up and go out there and in his mind knowing that he is going back to a place where he dies like I mean that's just the case so whenever you say comeback player of the year I don't I don't uh, Joe Flacco I, I get that I get it I definitely do Joe Flacco that he had a great season and he's obviously uh was is old and, and went out there and played very well but when you say comeback player of the year and you have a player for the first time really ever uh, in a situation like that die basically on the field and come back and play this year, I don't care what level he played, I don't care how many games, he put the jersey back on, he put the shoulder pads back on, to me that warrants comeback player of the year. Yeah, there's not a like true definition of it, and I think people interpret it. Unfortunately, it's become, in a lot of ways, like this year I think it was at least, a kind of a performance base because what we get is, well, DeMar hardly played. 
The point is he played. <laughs> That's the right, point. Exactly. He played, right? right? Doesn't matter. And, uh, yeah, I know. And he went to Pitt, obviously. Um, uh, and, and you have that connection with him as well there. But we're all glad to see him playing. And awards or not, you know, he's done so much after that. And, you know, he's, he's said that. He goes, whether I win awards or not, you know, what he's right. doing in his legacy obviously means so much. Doran Dickerson on the Western Hotline. All right, let's get into the Steelers. What's been the reaction to Arthur Smith being hired as the new offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh? It's been pretty neutral, 50-50. Uh, you know, people know that he likes to run the football, and, you know, that's the foundation of the Steelers with Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. And, you know, I think Steeler fans and Steeler supporters, they, they wanted a, an offensive coordinator that could come in and develop the quarterback position. And I think that people are making the connection that Arthur Smith isn't that type of guy. But if you look back at whenever he's offensive coordinator in uh, Tennessee with Tannehill and making to an AFC championship game, Derrick Henry, the things that he did, I think people will be able to get over uh, some of the things that they wanted to check their own boxes with. And I think Arthur Smith, in my opinion, uh, he's going to be fueled to, to really go out there and make this work. You know, and, and anybody who is in the coaching profession or in the you know, profession of anything, whenever you get fired, it is embarrassing. And then it's like, okay, now I'm back to my foundation. I'm back to my roots let me go out here and give it my all. Like, let me figure this out, and I'm going to make it make make the wrongs right that uh, happened to me in Atlanta. So I think Arthur Smith is going to be coming in here with a, a boatload of confidence and a boatload of energy and, and just wanting to come in here and make this right. And I, I like the move. I played uh, underneath him whenever he was assistant tight end coach in, uh, in Tennessee. So I know him very well, and I just know that he is a, a high competitor and he'll evolve his offense. People may think that he is a, a run-first, play-action type uh, offensive coordinator, but Arthur Smith is smart. Uh, he's an X's and O's guy. He's a football coach. He loves ball. Uh, he will evolve the offense to fit what personnel is the best for the Steelers, and I think the Steelers fans should be somewhat excited about that as we uh, get this season kicked off soon. So who's his quarterback, though? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, it's going to be Kenny Pickett. Uh, Kenny Pickett's going to get the ball, and he's going to probably have a competition. I don't know who that's going to be to back up. I don't know who that competition's going to be. I know they like Mason Rudolph. They like what he did at the end of the season last year. But um, if they can figure out a deal with him, then it'll be Mason Rudolph that will compete with Kenny. But Kenny Pickett, they're going to roll the ball out there, and it's going to be Kenny Pickett's ball to start and basically his job to lose. And personally, and knowing Kenny Pickett as well, um, I, I think that Kenny Pickett plays his best brand of ball whenever his back's against the wall. So I really hope that this is this third year of Kenny Pickett's career. He can figure something out, and Arthur Smith can figure something out, and that whole offense can figure it out how to uh, be successful. But I would assume that when we start training camp, I would assume that it's going to be Kenny Pickett. Oh, man, Kenny Pickett, I'm going to say a draft pick. That's, that's my prediction. I think they draft a quarterback in probably the mid-rounds. I'm going to say – Spencer okay. Rattler or maybe a Bo Nix. Okay, that that leads me away from what I was going to ask you. Then I guess because I there's no logic behind this, you know, for why I'm saying this. Although I guess you could try to make the case. For some reason, though, I can just see Kirk Cousins in a Steelers uniform. But you're thinking no. I, I just don't think they're willing to pay that much money for him. Yeah, I don't think that they're willing. I I, I wouldn't mind that. I think that Kirk Cousins, you know, he can bring a lot to the table. Now, can he lead you to a Super Bowl? I, I don't know, but uh, if he is, if his price tag was 
uh, in the nature and in the realm of what the Steelers could afford? I would say absolutely. But I think he's just going to price himself out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, and when, when have we known Kirk Cousins to sign a contract and everybody right. goes, oh, that was pretty cheap for Kirk Cousins. Right. <laughs> uh, right. he's, he's made so much money uh, throughout his years in the league. It's crazy. Yeah. So in terms of then like what has to happen for Pickett, I guess you know, like what level of step do you think he needs to kind of solidify himself even for the long term? There in Pittsburgh, he he takes care of the ball. I know really well, but is there like a certain element of his game that is kind of you know been gone over a lot that he just needs to improve on if he's going to continue to be their quarterback? I really think it's confidence, honestly, and I, I think that there were times where he was handcuffed to what the offensive coordinator wanted, Matt, wanted in Matt Canada and Mike Tomlin at times. Like, hey, you know, you go in on on Wednesday, you get the game plan. And they're like, protect the football. Don't don't take any risks. We want to get into this game, and we want to control the football game, play conservative, and we don't want to put ourselves in any bad situations. I really do believe that he was told that uh, most of the time whenever he was a starting quarterback last year. So I think this year he needs to just play free and play confident and, and trust his abilities and really play the way he played in the preseason. I know preseason isn't really anything. You're not getting any, uh, you know, nobody's game planning on you, and you're getting backups, but he just seemed like he was loose, he was relaxed, and he was just playing the game of football. I think his confidence needs to be reestablished here in Pittsburgh. That starts with Mike Tomlin, and that also starts with uh, Arthur Smith and believing he could be the guy and putting him in the best situations possible and making things make sense for him. There's times that last year I don't think Matt Canada and his offense made sense. They would just run things just to run them, and there was no rhyme or reason. Once he knows an offense, his confidence in it, I think his confidence will go through the roof. So, Hopefully he can find that at some point uh, in OTAs and roll that and get better and develop into training camp and hit the season running. We know there's been a lot of speculation about Mike Tomlin's future at the end of the season. He walked out of the press conference, and then he explained a little bit later about that. I know on your station, Mike Florio was on late December, said they're going to operate and plan on giving him an extension. Where does all that stand? Did they do that? Are they planning on doing that? What about his future? Well, I, I, they haven't announced anything, but I, I, I 100% assume that they're going to plan on doing that. I don't know how many years. I don't anticipate it being just a one-year extension, but I think in order to hire an offensive coordinator and hire a new right. receivers coach and hire a quarterback coach, um, I think that the, probably the main question is, is Mike Tomlin going to be around or am I on like a one-year type deal and Mike Tomlin's going to be gone? So I think that's probably been in-house and they know what the term is and they know what the extension is, but That'll 100% get done. Don't know when it's going to be announced, but everything is telling me that uh, it'll be probably a multi-year uh, extension for Mike Tomlin. And I know Art II really believes in him. And if he said even, you know, quote, quoting his words, if I didn't believe in him, you know, I would have made changes. So, uh, you know, he's going to be here. I believe in him. And I, fi- I think that he could figure things out here as the Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. So that extension will definitely be, um, it'll be, I don't know, not announced, but it'll be uh, a point at some point uh, coming soon. What do you like on Sunday? Who do you like on Sunday? Uh, how could I mean? It's 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 literally you're going against Michael Jordan. Uh, you could put the best offense out in the field. You can have uh, the best coaching trees if you're Kyle Shanahan and all these coaches. And that's the trend right in the NFL. Oh, what's the coaching trees at McVay's and Shanahan? Let's hire that guy. You can have all that great stuff, but and have a great offense and and have a great running back and have a great tight end and, and get the most out of a seventh round quarterback, but. If you're going against Michael Jordan, it's like, you know, the Lakers back in the day or the Pistons or the Celtics or the Jazz, putting all those great teams together. But you know who you got to go against at some point to get to where you want to get to, and that's Michael Jordan. Patrick Mahomes is Michael Jordan. And he's figured it out this year. 
He's done it with receivers dropping the football, and, uh, you know, he's just amazing to watch. So how can you bet against the Kansas City Chiefs? I got the Kansas City Chiefs winning. Yeah. I, look, I, I agree with you 100% on everything you said, but I also think Brady did lose a few of these. That is true. That is true. Um, he he did, but it still was the uh, – uh, do the 49ers have enough? And right. do they have enough to go in there? And it's going to be four quarters, right? And I know those are cliche mm-hmm. football words, but, you know, you can't mess up. It has to be a perfect game. It has to be yeah. a perfect game if you're the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, I'm talking about you can't turn the ball over not one time because their defense is good as well. They can run the football. They can beat you in multiple ways. But if you give the ball to Patrick Mahomes and he's down two points with one minute to go, I mean, it's lights yeah. out. So they have to do everything perfect to win this football game. And if you give any ounce to Patrick Mahomes, he's going to beat you. Joe, before we let Doran go, mm-hmm. Doran played three seasons in the NFL. He was with the Texans, the Bills, and the Lions. And one of the best stats about him for me is he wore three completely different types of numbers. All right. Now, Doran, would you, he was, Doran was, the Taysom Hill of back in the day, but he didn't play quarterback. He was a fullback, tight end, wide receiver guy. Joe, do you want to guess the three numbers he wore in his NFL career? Uh, I definitely remember him wearing 42 with the Bills. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, I don't know that I'm going to have a good guess for the other two. Um, Something in the 80s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're is is getting warmer. You're getting warmer. That that was a number he wore in uh, in Detroit. In the 80, 80s. 82? I'll just go with 82 because it's full. Yes! All right. I there figure we, we keep nice. the last digit at the very least. And then... And then the, the other one is more of a common wide receiver number these days. Oh, so it's going to be in the in the teens? Mm-hmm. Like, four, there, like 12. Mm, there's a, there's nope. a player on the 49ers. There's Ooh. a player on the 49ers. I like it. D- Debo, 19? Yes, sir. 19. I <laughs> I definitely knew 42, especially because I'll I'll age you, I'm sure here, Dorn, but uh, playing Madden as a kid, you were like a 92 speed rating tight end in the game, which was like unheard of. So it was very easy to use you in Madden back in the day. Yeah, I, I was a 92 and I was a 40 everywhere else. <laughs> I love it. He wore 19, 42, 82. What was it? I... What is it like, like from like a position group, like kind of thing? Like you, you one year you're one group, next year you're another group, next year you're another. Like that's got to be a little bit tough on a guy who's trying to develop a career a little bit. And you're not just a special teams guy. I mean, you actually played a little bit of offense to do these things. Well, uh, I mean, that's how my career was in college. I mean, I played linebacker, running back, tight yeah, wide wow, in college. But it, it, I used it as you know just knowledge and learning the wide receiver concepts and learning the tight yeah. end blocks and protection and concepts. As fullback, you know, the protections and lead blocking. So at the end of the day, I knew what everybody was doing. And it, and offense made sense to me. And then playing defense in, in college, playing linebacker, I knew everybody's dropping. I knew how a blitz and rotation would look. So I always used myself playing multiple positions as learning the game of football. And I think that that did help me play uh, multiple, multiple years in the NFL and play uh, you know, and, and be an All-American in college. So I always use that as a, as a positive thing than a negative thing. I love that. Did you ever think of going into coaching? That would have really helped you as a coach, too. No, no doubt. I mean, my, my uncle was uh, one of the first uh, black head coaches in college football, Ron Dickerson. He coached for Penn State, coached for Pitt, and coached all over the place. So uh, coaching is in my blood. My dad was a high school coach for 30 years, and 
I have thought about it. I've thought about it more nowadays than ever, so we'll see. Wow, that's a really good nugget. I never knew that about your uncle. That's really cool. Doran, you're always welcome here on WGR in Buffalo. Uh, love talking to you, my man. Enjoy uh, this weekend, and uh, keep everything going over there at our Odyssey sister station, The Fan in Pittsburgh. Thanks a lot today. Well, I appreciate you guys having me, and I love Buffalo, so I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it, Doran Dickerson. Thanks a lot, Doran. Be good. Thanks. All right, Doran Dickerson there on the Western Hotline. That's a pretty cool nugget. His dad uh, was a head coach in college. I'm sorry, his uncle was a head coach in college. He said he played linebacker and running back in college. Linebacker <laughs> and running back. And when you go to his, you can never you really pin down his position because if you go to like right. his official NFL profile from his career, he's listed as a wide receiver. Uh, yeah. I remember him as a tight end with the Bills. Again, that's where I used to use him in Madden because he was so fast. And I thought I saw one other position that was listed. No, pro, pro Football Reference was the other one, but they also have him listed as receiver. So he had speed. He ran a four four forty. Yeah, Joe. There can't be many guys who I just went to his college reference page. Doran Dickerson, our last guest. There can't be many guys in the history of college football who have seven hundred yards receiving, have rushing attempts, wait, have fifteen tackles, and oh by the way, he also returned ten kicks. <laughs> I mean, like, that's pretty cool. Anyway, Doran Dickerson, we thank him for joining us. We'll come back. Let's. Uh, I want to get into a little bit later, the, the little bit of the discussion we had about UPL yesterday. I wanted to take that a little bit further and what the Sabres might do going forward. They do have a game tomorrow at home, afternoon against the St. Louis Blues, but also York phone calls and what you think about the NFL awards last night and the honors show and how all of that went here on the Extra Point Show. Oh, my God. Well, here we go. Now we got... Did you see this thing with Stephen A. Smith? I did, yeah. Just Oh, my God. So what? So bad. And I don't, <laughs> I don't rail on Stephen A. Actually, he's kind of warmed on me over the last several years. You know, I used to yeah. not be much of a fan. I actually... I enjoy some of his stuff. Now, I don't agree with him all the time. You know, he'd be a little hot takey, but I, I think he's interesting now. And But he called out whoever voted for Josh Allen, number one, must be a homer. Yeah. Dude, the guy who voted him number one, his publication called him a parody of an NFL quarterback prospect on a complete, unnecessary, cheap shot when he was coming out of college. I give Aaron Schatz mad respect for voting him number one after that. And also, like, these things are so easily looked up. Like, you could find out in Whoever it was. He he doesn't have to do the work. I mean, he's Stephen A. Smith. He's, like, the second highest paid employee at ESPN. Go ask one of your runners or one of your assistants or who a producer. Hey, do you have who voted for Josh Allen? You have the answer in ten seconds, probably. I mean, this is you don't have to guess at it. So I yeah, I I right, I respect I would even say respect like what yeah. the role he's carved out for himself at ESPN from where he used to be, where he actually got kicked off that network like a long time ago. But just do just do a little bit of the information. Just a little bit. Don't talk out of your you know what would be my my take to him. What are the Sabres going to do over the next uh, little while? Some interesting decisions on the horizon. And, of course, our Super Bowl picks here. I mean, we don't have to give them, but we'll probably give them here before we leave you on a Friday. We'll take a timeout here. We'll come back. Another hour left on the Extra Point Show on a Friday on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.